Hey, what's up, everybody? Keith here with the Arnies. I'm back this week talking The Mandalorians, Season 2, Episode 4. I'm joined here with my good buddies, Matthew and Austin. Matthew, how you doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. Talking another episode of The Mandalorian, like you said. It's already, I guess, at this point, we're halfway through the season. So it's really flying by so far. So that's exciting, and I've been enjoying it. And of course, you know... Since we're talking The Mandalorian, we're no longer just the Arnies. In case you've listened before, you might know that means we are officially entering the podcast within the podcast, The Mandos Talking The Lorian. Frankly, there probably isn't a better title, so you're welcome, is, is what I'm saying, I guess. Uh... And speaking of just podcasts within a podcast, our podcast in general, we have main episodes on Tuesdays, so make sure you go to our podcast feeds at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, so you can check out all of our episodes, including our past Mandalorian episodes and all that good stuff. Austin, throwing it over to you. I'm doing great, but I was hoping you would refer to me with my Star Wars name, Keith, did you oh. listen to last week's episode since you were out, and do you know what my Star Wars name is? I remember mine. I remember mine. No, I did not listen to the last episode. Shocker. We knew it. Shocker. We took a bet, we named ourselves, and we said, we'll see if Keith listens to this episode next week, <laughs> and we'll quiz him, and you failed. My name is Sed Vonden, and Matthew- I'm Ruto Order. <laughs> my last name is just an English what? word. All right, Keith, we're going to get yours right now. Okay, ready? I'm in the Star Wars name generator. Tell me when to stop. Uh, stop. Okay, now give me a number between one and ten. Six. Oh my god, this is like perfect for you. I'm not even joking. Your name- <laughs> Such a weird one. Okay, Keith's name is Kenth Hamney. <laughs> <laughs> K-E-N-T-H. So almost Keith. <laughs> Kenth. And the last name is H-A-M-N-E. So Hamney, Hamney. I don't know. Kenth Hamney. <laughs> if this is your first Mando's Talk in the Lorian episode, throughout this kind of bonus series, we have been establishing some force powers. Matt is using the force to push at the ground as hard as he can and fly. Um, I am using the Force to enhance my mind powers and keep my shoelaces tied, just a little bit tighter than normal so they never come untied. And Keith, Keith is the problem child. He opted for Force Lightning right away, which means he may be leaning to the dark side of the Force. Oh no, you might yeah. be uh, Palpatine's grandson. But don't worry, Keith, because your parents were nobodies, but I didn't mention your grandparents. You mean I'm from, I'm from Jakku? Which, speaking of everybody... If you didn't know that we did a bi-weekly Star Wars series, we just finished up The Rise of Skywalker. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of happy that's done. I'm glad that we're just <laughs> we're just on to weekly Mandalorian talk now. <laughs> but go check out The Rise of Skywalker they just put out recently. All right, people. So before we go too far into this, we should probably give our quick recap thoughts on season two so far. So Austin, real quick, remind everybody out there, where, how are you feeling about The Mandalorian season two so far before episode four? I think so far, including the fourth episode, I'm 50-50. I've really enjoyed two of these episodes. The premiere I was not very high on in this most recent episode. I'm kind of so-so on. So that's where I'm at. I'm still having a great time with the show, but overall, I am a little bit more unimpressed with this season than I was with season one. Out of all the four episodes of this season so far, which one was your favorite, Austin? 
episode three. I thought last week's episode was fantastic, and I was really hoping we were going to keep the ball moving in this episode, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I disagree. I I, I hate I hated season one in comparison. I'm liking season two quite a bit. I'm really a big fan of what they're doing, and somehow for me, they have kind of continued the momentum. I like how it's been fifty fifty in terms of episodes that you might be able to consider story focused, with the first episode and the third episode, and then. I mean, literally, episodes two and four are kind of just little detours. They have to go on for various reasons. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but I think they found some cool ways to inject some story and background into this episode that at first I thought was going to be really random. So, yeah, season two for me has been a big hit. I'm really liking it. I'm liking these characters a lot more. It's cool that we get to see familiar faces. And episode four was no different. I was a big fan. So that's where I'm at. Keith, what about you? And be sure, since you weren't here last week, to let everybody know what were your thoughts on episode three uh yeah i thought last last week's episode was pretty badass i I really liked the um imperial ship that they were in fighting the uh, stormtroopers i thought that was pretty cool um oh yeah the introduction of the other mandalorians who take their helmets off still kind of confused of where they came from i might go back and rewatch the episode i actually am going to go listen to y'all's episode or y'all's recap on it later but yeah um as far as this new episode initial thoughts yeah, it does kind of seem like they they had some momentum going from from the ending of the last one, and then it kind of just drops again into another side story. But I am glad they brought Carl Weathers back and the other girl back. Well, before we go any further, let's go ahead and throw up a really quick spoiler warning. Um, everybody, if you've listened this far and you haven't seen Season 2, Episode 4, from here on out, we're going to be talking spoilers. Uh, we're not going to be trying to not spoil anything. So pause this right here, go watch the episode, and come on back to hear our thoughts. Before we jump in, just a quick summary. So the Mando and Child, they are supposedly headed to, I think, Corvus is where the Jedi is supposed to be, but he has to stop once again to get their ship repaired, so they go back to Navarro. They reunite with Grief Karga and Cara Dune, who have since turned the planet around, and they're acting as marshals to keep Navarro safe. While they're there, he's helping the marshals go to a uh, abandoned imperial base that's surrounded by lava uh they turn off the mechanism that's keeping the lava from destroying the base and so as, as they're doing that they're fighting stormtroopers they get into a really cool chase scene which we'll get into later and uh at the end we get an appearance of uh moff gideon he's back before we get into our roundtable discussion i have a little bit of trivia for you boys are you guys aware? I know we kind of talk about it every week. Are you guys aware of who the main stunt double is in the armor whenever Pedro Pascal can't be on set? Do you guys know? I do. I, do I guess know. I won't say it, but you go ahead. Keith, I think you'll love this. It is none other than John Wayne's grandson, Brendan Wayne, filling in as a stunt double for the majority of at least season one in the armor. And they did make an effort to get Pedro Pascal back in the armor for more of season two. But whenever he's not on set... It's John Way's grandson. Is that true? Because I read an interview with Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed episode three, who said that she didn't work with Pedro Pascal at all. In her episode, she didn't. Yeah. I feel like he's not in the armor. I feel like they're just saying that. I, I don't see why this guy would be in the armor. He should just do the VO <laughs> get paid for that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't <laughs> believe it. If they t- if he starts taking off his mask later on, we'll see. But right now, I'm a 
I'm I'm not a believer of the Pedro Pascal Mandalorian armor wearing movement. <laughs> but speaking of before we jump in, let's go ahead and run down the full cast and crew real quick before jumping over to our roundtable discussion, because this one has some fun stuff, like Keith mentioned in the episode summary. But season two, episode four, really cool title this time. We got The Siege, directed by Carl Weathers. I don't know if this is like directorial debut, but it was cool to see, you know, a very famous actor taking it up, who's also in the show, of course. Written by John Favreau, as always. The Mando, as of course, voiced by Pedro Pascal, not played in person as we know, because that's the movement I'm starting. And then Grief Carga is back, played by Carl Weathers. What a terrible name, by the way. I think there's no shock that they never use his name because it's maybe the worst Star Wars name, Grief Carga. Terrible. <laughs> Cara Doom, played by is Gina Is it any Carano. worse than Ruto Order? No. Um, <laughs> Cara Dunes played by Gina Carano, Mithril, the blue alien from the pilot episode way back in season one, played again by Horatio Sands. And of course, as Keith mentioned, Giancarlo Esposito is back, not just as like a hologram, like last episode, he is back in person. So lots to talk about, lots to break down. So Keith, should we hop over to our roundtable discussion? Let's hop on over. So, from the beginning, how do we feel about the setup to this episode? I hate it. That's what this show is. This is what it's always been. It's so frustrating after last week because we're moving forward, we're going to Corvus, we're getting ready to meet Ashoka, and then literally, like, the opening line to the show is, hey, we're not going to continue with the main plot this week. We have to take a detour. You like, said you loved season one. It's you so said dumb. you loved season one more than this so far. Season one, he finds the stupid little baby in his stupid little pod at the end of the episode one, and then we, nothing happens until the finale episode. I mean, that's I'm not like, this is what the show has always been. Like, I get it. It is, it is frustrating that, like... Clearly, at the end of last episode, it's like, oh, awesome. This is going to go somewhere really cool. But in the back of my head, I was like, it's going to go somewhere cool, but not for two episodes because the next episode has to be. <laughs> know, and that's what it is. And I get why you're frustrated because I am, too. And I, I mean, think the, second just... half of, the second half of this episode is great. I just yeah. I just found it really frustrating to start off with. Like they don't act. They, of course, they don't physically say we're not continuing the main story. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. basically say that when they say we have to stop for repairs. It's just their way of saying the main episode, the main story is not continuing this week. So we're going right. to go back to a planet we've already been to, and we're going to try to do something new. And what they do is cool. I'll give them that. But I was I was so excited after episode three to go to Corvus, meet Ashoka, get some answers, and then I was really bummed when, as you said, that it's what they always do. But they did take a detour, and it really bummed me out. Yeah, I guess the one thing I will concede and kind of agree with you is I am getting a. I get why it, t it makes total sense within the world of the show, but I am getting a bit tired of like, I feel like they might be going into the well of just, hmm, we need repairs a bit too much and then having to stop on a planet. It's the second time we've had to stop for repairs. I know. I guess it makes sense that like he would feel comfortable stopping somewhere where familiar faces are. So that whole aspect of it makes sense, I guess. But while I don't care and I've bought in and I understand that like every other episode is probably going to be more story focused, I, I will agree that it is a bit like, of course, they have to stop to get repairs. It's like, even though that was a big part of the last episode and it ended with them flying off and it not looking so hot, like, of course, immediately. OK, we got to stop again and get more repairs. So I would agree with you, Austin, a little bit. It is kind of getting annoying, especially with the repair things, like at least like come up with something a little bit different 
As far if you're gonna do a sidetrack, then come up with a different reason. I'm kind of getting tired of the ship always. His ship better not break again this season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it will. (laughs) Find a mechanic and fix the damn thing up. But um, (laughs) I've kind of learned. But I'm also with your with you, Matthew. Like I've kind of learned that just this is just how the show is. So I'm just kind of learning to be patient. This is the way. And yeah, this is the way. And trusting that it's gonna lead somewhere. And and I'm fine with the little side stories as long as they do something cool with it, which I think they did do something pretty cool with this one. So yeah, yeah, and that's that's the key. I mean, at least they did something cool is is what I'll say. I was just really, I guess it sounds like I'm really down on this episode today, and I, I, ultimately I'm really not. I was really bummed with this beginning though, um, but at least what they did do later on in the episode was a really cool storyline. Yeah, I like I liked it more once it got into it and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I liked it way better than the second episode with the Harry Potter spiders. Yeah, so after the setup, we, like Keith mentioned, it's time to pay back his old friends. So we got to go to this Imperial base. Um, And I I kind of liked that it didn't seem like just an excuse to see old characters again, because after getting over that it just felt like another random side quest like we just talked about, it was kind of cool. Once we got into the actual base, I certainly didn't expect, I guess it makes sense if you think about it, but I didn't expect that this would be this weird, like, backdoor way to give us more, um, I, I don't know about answers, but just background to Baby Yoda, what they were using him for originally, what they what they wanted to use him for, what these doctors were trying to do. And I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff here. I had to, I rewound it a couple times to try and see what was actually going on. And at the end, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, are they trying to harvest Baby Yoda's blood to create other force beings that could be used for the new empire? Is this somehow... In some weird way, is it tied to Snoke and Palpatine stuff that eventually pays off clone-wise in Episode Nine? Like, I don't know what they were doing here, but it was cool to understand what they were actually trying to do with Baby Yoda. And I liked, as Keith mentioned, as opposed to Episode Two, that was literally just a random side quest. This one at least led to some interesting, like, thinking. Like, I was thinking about some kind of stuff I didn't really think I would when it came to Baby Yoda and what they were doing and what that could lead to in the future since Moff Gideon's still in play. So what about you guys? How'd you feel about all that stuff? You bringing up the fact that it could be tying to Snoke and Palpatine is, is really interesting because I, I didn't even think about that while watching this episode. Um, I know I know they've talked about that they kind of want to show the rise of the First Order in this show. So what, what made you think of that, Matt? I mean, honestly, I could be totally off base. The only reason I thought of it is I, I, the way I kind of simply put it together in my head was just if they're harvesting baby Yoda's blood and, and we'll talk about the M count, but clearly if they're referencing that, then it seems that they want to create another force type being, I would imagine. Right. And there was multiple clones. So I was like, okay, so if they're trying to create other force beings, what would be the use of that? I mean, obviously I don't think they're harvesting Sith necessarily because why would they care? So then I then I kind of jumped to, well, maybe since this is like the remnants of the Empire, maybe they're just trying to bring back the Emperor. So maybe this is kind of the beginning of that plan. Like, obviously, at this point, what? We're still That'd be cool. 20 years away, like in world from the sequel trilogy. So it could be realistic that this is like the start of the clone plan. And then over the next 20 years, it becomes something that Palpatine himself kind of develops and then that leads to the creation of Snoke and then him coming back in episode nine. So that was kind of my thought. Again, maybe I'm totally off and there's something obvious that, you know, 
people are saying that, that that's not true, but that, that was my immediate thought when I watched it. Certainly would be a cooler way to bring back Palpatine than what we got in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they're trying to use Baby Yoda, and it, yeah, you know, it, it was cool to me. I liked, I, I not only liked that they revealed this, I liked that everybody's immediate reaction was, oh, fuck, we gotta go. <laughs> like, that, that's crazy. We gotta get out of here. And then we, we gotta get the kid off planet. But, but hold, before we go on, I mentioned it a little bit. Austin, Keith, we gotta talk about, and I'm saying this in quotes. M count. How do you guys feel about what that could mean <laughs> and if it's back? Well, I mean, I got to bring up the obvious and, mm-hmm. and you guys let me know what you think. Are the Metachlorians back in a big way? Did we predict this in the Rise of Skywalker episode this week? I think we may have. I think it is a beautiful little coincidence. <laughs> we did talk about <laughs> George Lucas trademarking Metachlorians and, uh, and how that could play a part in the future. And here we are with the M count, which sounds a lot cooler than midichlorians, if I, if I do say so myself. I'm not going to lie. When they said when they used the term M count, I started smiling from ear to ear, not because I was happy that the midichlorians were back, but it's just because we talked about this in our Rise of Skywalker episode last week. I think it's kind of cool. Like, we, everybody knows that most people don't like the midichlorians because it makes this vague force thing, something with levels and different powers and all that shit. But you know what? It's already been done. It's part of the lore. So just lean into it. So yeah, Baby Yoda has a big M count. Cool. I'm down. Exciting. Makes sense. We all knew it anyway, so it's not shocking. Like, I mean, did you see how quickly he force pulled those macaroons over to him? Clearly this guy's <laughs> rolling in midichlorians. <laughs> Why is it macaroons? They couldn't come up with any other snack for him that doesn't look like something we have on Earth. That was kind of weird. <laughs> I know. That was a little weird. I was the same thing. <laughs> what about what about you, Keith? Did you have any thoughts on this whole cloning thing and you know how Baby Yoda could be used in the future? Well, yeah. Right when they went into that room and they found the the cloning thing, I thought they were actually. I thought they were like trying to bring back like clones, like the Camino clones. Yeah, maybe some fucked up version of that too. Yeah, that's what I thought at first, and then once they mentioned an count. Then it kind of that kind of changed my mind a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's possible it could lead into something with Palpatine. Maybe I mean, like you said, Austin, that would be a cooler way to bring him back than than some weird <laughs> machine thing yeah. that we got in Rise of Skywalker. And maybe it's not direct. Maybe it's not direct. Maybe like just it kind of weirdly turns into that. I mean, it would make more sense if this leads to Snoke specifically. Maybe not Palpatine, but maybe these weird like force being clones leads to Snoke and then yeah, who knows. Because if this is the remnants or like the creation of the First Order, if they almost like accidentally create this really powerful clone that has force abilities, that should obviously be Snoke, then make them the leader. So there you go. I mean, it, on paper, it makes sense to me. Again, maybe I'm just thinking about it wrong. But Keith, you also mentioned something that makes sense, though, because at the end, we see Moff Gideon with all this like crazy Imperial armor. So maybe they're just trying to make a clone army, like you mentioned, that are also maybe force users in some way. Hey, Matt, do you hear your uh, do you hear your phone ringing in the background? I think that's Lucasfilm. Do you want to go write this show? Because it sounds like you've got some pretty good ideas. I definitely don't. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I I do. I would love to be in the writer's room for this show and just have every like John Favreau and Dave Filoni uh, <laughs> like leading be the it. Most and I'm show ever. <laughs> if I wrote it, 
No, it wouldn't, because Matt would be like, hey, guys, maybe we should actually move this story forward. And they'd be like, no, we got to milk this for 18 seasons. Well, if it was up to me and Austin, the Razor Crest would be at Goodyear getting its tires done because you know, <laughs> it just gets this thing repaired already. So, yeah, the, let's let's get into the uh, the scenes after the, the, the clone thing. Um, so, we get the Mando fighting the Stormtroopers and then they go on a little chase with one of the uh, the speeders that was sitting there. So this was probably probably one of my favorite parts of the episode was this the speed bikes coming back from Return of Jedi and uh, and then we get a classic Tie Fighter chase. This like tank speeder was new though, right? That's not like a classic vehicle. No, no, the tank one. No, I, that's not a classic one. I'm just talking about the spe- the speed bikes and the um the Tie Fighters. Yeah, I thought this was cool too. This definitely was a highlight of the episode for me. It's definitely a really fun chase and and it plays out really well. Was it kind of weird for you guys, though, that Mando is absent from this whole sequence? Like, he just kind of flies away? Was that was that weird that he wasn't in this to you guys? I was going to say, it did kind of mess me up a little bit when I was watching. I was like, where did he go? I, f- I just kind of forgot where he went because um, grief and... Grief. I'm Grief Karga. I just got to say Carl Weathers. I, I, I don't like saying his name. Grief is weird. They should have just left him named Apollo Creed. That's actually not a bad Star Wars name. <laughs> yeah, that should be a pretty badass Star Wars name. Yeah, anyway, Mando just kind of disappears, and all of a sudden, the Razor Crest shows out of, out of nowhere and shoots a TIE fighter. Once they found out about what they were using Baby Yoda for, obviously, they didn't give us all the answers. But once they found out enough through that recording, it seemed Mando's like, we got to get the kid. So it, he was basically, and then Cardoon's like, use your jetpack to get back. You're much faster that way. And that has that badass scene where he... Like, really fucking badass, dude. Whenever he runs back out to the lava area, shoots a couple, flies out, does a superhero landing, and then uh, just runs off the edge of that cliff and jetpacks towards the town. So, yeah, for me, I was like, this is kind of cool. They're focusing on something else while we know Mando is going to get the kid. And then the payoff to that was awesome, man. Whenever the Razor Crest comes back and the way they filmed that, that little dogfight and he comes back down and is spinning and shoots them and it cuts to the, uh, Baby Yoda inside who's like on a roller coaster and like <laughs> and has then his he hands throws up. up on himself. Yeah. So I get what you guys are was saying. Was this the it's, cutest Baby Yoda's ever been yes, to yes. in this I was, series so far? I was smiling. I was so happy. It was so cute and it from, made me sad at times. From opening too. credits to end credits, he's cute the entire episode. This was definitely like the cute factor for Baby Yoda here was off the charts. Like we get him riding in a roller coaster, we get the we get him trying to fix the ship in the beginning and then electrocuting himself and then like coughing really cute. So funny. And then we just looking at him sitting in that big chair in in, in the school. I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, this is so cute. And then the kid saying he can't have a macaroon and using the force again. Like I was like, This is just perfect all around i get what you're saying though it's kind of like that scene from last week where austin wasn't austin didn't like it as much as i did it was the um scene where mando gets locked in the cage on the ship and then we basically we have to watch other people take some people down i guess this was something similar where they're focusing on everybody else except mando i like the payoff of him returning but But this is this is almost better for me this week than than last week because last week he was present for the fight sure couldn't do anything that's true which was weird for me at least here he was like away from the fight which makes sense why he wasn't there yeah and in the meantime we got some like real top at least for me some top tier um choreography i mean we go back and you watch return of the jedi you watch how the speeders are used even in the prequels and stuff and you know it's cool enough it works for the time they came out but this is no exception i mean the way some of this uh, chase is shot just feels like 2020 modern. Like, dude, that scene where the speeders are going down the edge of the cliff 
One of them kind of oh, so wobbles cool. and shakes, hits a rock, explodes, and then another one explodes in that explosion. And then seeing the other one hit the ground and kind of ready themselves and just shoot off towards the tank. I was like, this looks so cool. And then the TIE fighters coming down. It was just beautifully shot for me. And then I loved the little cap off of their section of the fight where... I can't find him. Where is he? And then Carl Others turns the tank around and then <laughs> he gets the lock on of the guy trying to like throw a grenade in the top and just shoots him. And it w- this was just perfect. It was so exciting. So what do you guys think the plans are for uh, Cara Dune? Um, I know, Matt, you kind of mentioned earlier that it was nice that we found a way to get these characters involved. However, to me, kind of at first, it seemed like this episode is really just a way to get her in this season. And I wasn't sure if there were plans for her character beyond this. But now after her talking to that kind of alliance officer, it seems like they actually may have some further plans for her in this show. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, well, first, I like the uh, we get a little bit of more of a background on her. We found out that she's from Alderaan, which is the planet that Leia's adopted parents, the Organas, lived. And we know that Alderaan was destroyed by the Death Star, so she lost all of her family. So that was kind of cool getting to know that about her. But I think she's a pretty badass character. I like I like her character a lot. Um, I I would hope that she continues to come back and maybe can like partner up with Mando again. Do you think she's going to go back to the Alliance? I mean, maybe. I feel like her being a Marshal in Navarro is kind of too too small for her. I think they're going to bring her back in a bigger way later on. I don't know what the plans are. I mean, clearly there's something in the pipeline with how it ended to bring back that. Um, a rebel pilot from the second episode, bringing him back in and having them basically interview everybody trying to find out where the Mandalorian is and then having that big scene with Cara Dune. Yeah, it seems like there's something going on. What that will lead to this season or the future, I'm not sure. Honestly, at this point, because, you know, next episode, I imagine will be story-based and then we have three left. So it's like, maybe we get one more appearance from these characters. So I don't know if it's going to pay off anytime soon, but it, it was definitely interesting. And I did like the conversation they had at the end. It felt very um, subtle, even though they were still revealing like basically her entire backstory. Like it felt natural and interesting and engaging. And I quite liked it. I don't know what the plans are, but all I know is I like the character of cartoon, but Man, I don't know if I want to see Gina Carano as an actor anymore any in this. Do you guys think she's good? I've, I I think she's like one of the worst actresses in everything she's in. <laughs> I think she's fine here. I don't know if you really need to be a, a putting on a good performance for this show. I think she's perfect for this character, though. I Yeah, I think I, I agree. I, I think I, she's, I like her just she's fine. fine yeah. She's fine enough, yeah. She certainly wouldn't hold her own in like The Sopranos, but for The Mandalorian, she's fine. <laughs> Guess, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Um, but you know, we don't have to do- we don't have to talk about it. But with everything that all the tweets that Carano is putting out, like a lot, lots of stuff that people deem offensive, Disney has certainly fired people for less. So I imagine Cara Dune is going to be around. I don't know if Gina Carano will be. Although there is a track record of firing people for their social media and then hiring them back. So I know. I, I was going to. I was going <laughs> to make that joke like the James Gunn thing. So maybe maybe they'll fire her for season three. And then they'll bring her back for season four. So, I look, but in I between season three and four, she'll get a job with DC, and then she can come back. That's kind of the path back to Disney. Well, the problem for her for though bit. is James Gunn is good at his job, so like they'll probably hire some <laughs> unknown actress for season three, but she'll be ten times better than Gina Carano. They'll be like, oh fuck, maybe we shouldn't just cast somebody that looks good while they fight. We should actually cast an actress. Hire Ronda Rousey. 
No, dude. She's even worse of an actress. Oh my god. <laughs> Ronda Rousey. No, thank you. Ugh. Um, that. <laughs> I guess to cap off this point, though, do you guys think we'll be seeing either Cara Dune or Grieve Garga in any significant role for the rest of the season? To me, this kind of felt like their main outing this season. What about you guys? For a second, I kind of thought this was a way for them to like bring the band back together. Like I thought maybe she might leave with him from this planet at the end of this episode. But since she stayed, I, I don't know if they'll be back this season. Maybe next season, though. Maybe they'll have to stop to make more repairs by the, by next season. So <laughs> Yeah, they'll be across the galaxy. Oh, we need some repairs. Let's go to Navarro. You want to go see some friends? <laughs> I did like seeing Carl Weathers like just kind of a pamper baby yoda and, and he was into it i thought that was cute. yeah that was awesome i liked seeing uh c-3po's cousin yeah yeah she was a cutie <laughs> please never say that again that that, that made my skin crawl <laughs> i would have said hey look you know in the star wars universe if i was like you know like a parent to one of those kids like if i if macaroon kid was my son and i came in for a pta meeting i saw that teacher you look look if I was a single guy, I'm, I might I might see where it goes. I might <laughs> take her down to uh, the uh, bar. <laughs> Is there a bar? I don't know. I don't know. The I local feel like parts I'm just, store. I feel like I'm just being on. Yeah, we could go by Lowe's, get her some uh, some grease for that old wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Last point here. Now that we know that Moff Gideon is tracking the Mando, the tracking device on the Razor Crest, what do you think his ultimate plan is? What is Moff Gideon's ultimate plan? Um, I I don't know. We know he definitely wants Baby Yoda. We know that, yes, because we know that he was working with Werner Herzog from season one. So we know that he's interested in that. It seems like it's obviously because the doctor in the recording of this episode was recording it for Moff Gideon. That's how they found out he was still alive. So clearly this cloning project, whatever that means, whatever they're using it for, whether it's Snoke related in the future or it's to fill the special Imperial armor that we saw at the end. We know that's his project, and we know that Baby Yoda is intrinsically tied to it, and he's tracking them. At the same time, we know from Season 1 that he has the Darksaber, so he is also somehow tied to the history of the Mandalorians, because he stole this precious artifact that Bo-Katan mentioned in the last episode. So he has a lot of, like, threads, like, lots of stuff that we've seen throughout this show, like, seemingly random storylines are tied to him. So I-, I would say I think his ultimate plan is to try and get this cloning off the ground and get Baby Yoda back so he can harvest as much blood as he can in order to create force beings or just an army like i don't know but i think whatever that means is the ultimate plan uh but regardless i'm just glad he's back do you think he has a full understanding of what the force actually is since he is kind of in charge of these imperial soldiers that are based in the outer rim because nobody else in this section of the galaxy really seems to know anything about the jedi or the force so do you think he knows or do you think he is just as interested in everybody else's as figuring out and figuring out what baby yoda is that's what i was gonna say because like we don't know enough about I don't know. Maybe I have to go back and rewatch season one, but really, we don't know that much about this guy. Like, no, what, he was what, in yeah, the what's, finale what's of motive? season one, and he was kind of in the last episode in this one. So for kind of the big bad of the overarching show, he's he's barely been around. To Austin's point, I would have to imagine there'll be some reveal at some point that maybe he knows a little bit more than is being let on. You have to think that the person in charge of this project would understand kind of the importance of this 
kind of race of being that is the same as Yoda, um, kind of what that could mean. And I mean, they say M count. So doesn't that mean they haven't, they have an idea of what the force is. And like this, this one has a very high M count. So that must be, they must have some indication. I think the doctor character from season one that we saw in the recording here and, um, Moff Gideon, I think they might know a bit more than they're letting on. So what about the, the special armor that we saw at the end? That, I don't know, man. That, yeah. I feel like, like Keith, you already mentioned, it could be something as simple as it's trying to create some like better version of a clone army, one that maybe has force powers as well. And this is going to be their armor. This is going to be his army. We also know it's a limited amount of armor. Like there wasn't too much for in now. that little section of, section of his ship. So maybe it's like a special force squadron or something like that. But it also did kind of just look like fighter pilot armor as well that's why it was a bit jarring for me of the ship yeah that's why i didn't love the reveal at the end because i was like nothing i'm seeing right now looks any different than anything else so it it was it was revealed in a cool way where this um this commander whatever you want to call her she walks up and the door opens and there's moff gideon just standing in the smoke i was like oh that's badass but yeah the actual like final shot of him walking through and it's just armor. I was like, that looks like fighter pilot armor, like you said, Austin. So I didn't love that. But I mean, the fact that there's not much of it, I mean, if you have this crazy force squadron, you wouldn't really need that much. So, but I don't know, like, is is this his answer to recreating the empire? Is this the ultimate goal? As we mentioned, is it to bring the empire back? I don't know. And maybe this is the way to do it in his eyes. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure since as Keith, you mentioned, we haven't really seen too much of this character. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know where his loyalties lie. So that's kind of that's why it's hard to answer that question. Like, is he yeah, is he really for the empire or is he more in it for himself? Yeah, cuz like if he's in it for the empire, then he's probably trying to make this project bring back Palpatine in some way or he's in it for himself and he wants to be the leader of the empire, which will probably soon to be the first order and having these force users will be the way to do that. So I guess we'll see. I, I have to imagine, unlike Cara Dune and, and Grief Kanga, uh, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of Moff Gideon this season in some form or another. So hopefully we get more answers to that. And speaking of the future, we do know that Dave Filoni is directing the next episode, which is cool because he obviously created Clone Wars and Rebels, meaning he created Ahsoka. So to answer a question from earlier, I would be surprised if the next episode isn't a big story focused one. And if he's going to direct one episode this season, it's probably going to be the one that introduces Ahsoka into live action. So I think we're going to be back to the main story next episode. I hope so, man. I hope so. Hopefully no more repairs. Yeah. <laughs> it just starts out, even though the ship is totally fine. He's like, let's stop and get some repairs on Tatooine. <laughs> let's stop and get some gas. Yeah, getting gas. That's the new one. Oh, shit, they're repaired, but they didn't fill up my gas tank. Yeah, please, please, Mandalorian showrunners. John Favreau, if you're listening, no more repairs, no more tattooing. Please, <laughs> thank you. Signed, the Arnie. But we need Boba Fett back. Where's Boba? I don't even care about Boba at this point. No more tattooing. <laughs> I want to ask you guys, though, because we're halfway through the season. So next, we have four episodes left. I mentioned, this is our half halfway through quick recap. I mentioned at the end of episode one that our worst case scenario is that Boba Fett doesn't come back this season. It was just to show that he was still alive and go and have the audience go, oh, cool, Boba Fett's alive. So let's do a quick follow-up. Do we think Boba Fett's coming back this season? 
I'm going to stick with my theory from last week's episode and say I think he may have a contact for Ashoka, and that's how they end up interacting with each other. Whoa. I'll stick with my original theory. I think he's going to come back at the end of the season for like a quick teaser again, maybe. And then then he'll become part of season – a bigger. he'll be a bigger part in season three. Keith, do you think it's possible that at some point in the rest of the season, there's going to be a scene of him pulling up behind the Razor Crest in space and he's going to lock on and then we it cuts to Tamura Morrison inside the ship and he goes like this. Fire! Do you think that could happen? I hope so. And I, actually, you bring that up actually brings up a good point because if, if he arrives behind him in the probably one of the coolest ships. Of all time. Of all time. The Slave One is one of the coolest ships of all time in anything. That'd be badass if Slave One comes back. Dude, it has to. I, I mean. Might shed, I might shed a tear. It should be totally fine because like he was on Tatooine in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But I mean, the ship should be fine. So it, we got to see the Slave One at some point. Well, Keith, let us know as a, as a diehard Star Wars fan, what would make you happier if Slave One showed up again or if Wedge made an appearance? Wedge! Um, Slave One would make me much happier. But, you know, uh, appearance from Wedge is always welcome. I mean, an older, retired Wedge. Hold on, Keith. What if Wedge is Boba's co-pilot in the Slave One? Man, that's just a two for one. <laughs> Keith, Keith just starts sobbing right now thinking about it. <laughs> It's just so beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like we have a lot to look forward to. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we got to wrap it up here. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, that really is the best way to help us grow the show. At The Arnies is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for our main episode, and we'll be doing another bracket. Yes. We're going to be debating the best sports movie. This is going to be a good one. I'm excited. Really excited to record this one. I'm excited for this one, too. Yeah. Yeah, so Austin mentioned you can get our podcast anywhere you get your podcast, over at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music. And if you check there, you will see that Austin and I just put out a new episode this past Friday where we kind of gave our assassin's creed valhalla review up to this point so fun little discussion we talk about the series as a whole our thoughts on it and what we're thinking of the new game so check that out if you're a fan and we have good stuff coming down the pipeline as always yep and check us out on instagram feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode of the mandalorian we got episode five coming out next week also give us your uh thoughts on your favorite sports movies as well Hell yeah. All right. We'll see you on Tuesday, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. I'm Grief Karga. Grief Karga.